You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. I have Sage Rosenfels back with us. And Sage, how are you this fine evening or morning or afternoon or whatever people are listening? <laughs> I'm doing great today. How are you, Matt? I am great. Uh, I missed our conversation last week. I have plenty on the on the docket here to discuss, but I want to lead it off with kind of the news of the day. Amari Cooper goes from Oakland to Dallas, and I urge people to go to ClaytonFootball.com. I wrote my impressions of this trade up, and last week I wrote an article about you know possible destinations for Cooper, and I thought Dallas was right at the top of the list. Um, what I wanted to ask you, though, is more quarterback Dak centric, you know, because we obviously saw the need there. I think we see the fit, but something I stressed in my article was the Cowboys have Dak under a great contract now through the 2019 season. Just so happens that's when Amari's contract's up, assuming they pick up his uh, fifth year option. Which why wouldn't you? And I thought a huge key here is. If you're Jerry Jones and the Cowboys, now you've gotten him a legit receiver to really evaluate your quarterback. You know, do we want to pay Dak after 2019 or not? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that was you know that was the issue going into the season. Everybody knew you know this was going to be a problem uh, for the Cowboys that, that they just did not have the threats that they had in previous years. You know, does Bryant gone? Jason Witten retires. They don't really have a number, a true number one. I mean, let, let, let's just compare, you know, the, the, this team, the, the Cowboys to, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs. They've got Kelsey at tight end. They've got, you know, a similar running back in Hunt to Elliott. Uh, but the wide receiver position, the Chiefs just have so many more options with Hill and and uh, and the other guys there. So, you know, the Cowboys just don't and did not have a, a true number one. They really needed one. I, I don't know if Cooper is that guy, though, and, and to give up a first-round pick for him, to me, is you're just sort of overpaying because you're so desperate, and, and that's not a good place to be in. And you know, at the end of the day, that doesn't fall back on Jason Garrett. That doesn't fall back on Scott Linehan. That falls back on Jerry Jones, who is the general manager and, and makes those you know sort of final decisions on the roster. And, and uh, you know, the, as I said, they knew this issue – they had going into the game. Now they've given up a first rounder to a guy who I don't really think he's a true number one. And yes, it is going to definitely help with evaluating, uh, you know, Dak Prescott. Is he the long term guy? You know, he had a great rookie year, hasn't been great since. Uh, but you know, I, th- th- this will help in that evaluation. But you know, will it help the Cowboys win ten games, eleven games, get in the playoffs? I, I don't think that uh, he's going to make that big of a difference. And, and to give up. I said that that first rounder, which will probably be a you know top sixteen pick, uh, I would imagine. That's a lot to give up for a guy who only has really two years, really a year and a half left on his contract. It's funny because <clears throat> I didn't plan on going down this road with you, but considering your background, I want to ask you. It's something I've been saying for fifteen years that you know I've got asked this a hundred times: Is Amari Cooper a number one receiver? And with him, I've said no. But he can be. I mean, if it all comes together, if he shows more consistency, he has number one receiver traits. And where I'm going with this is 
there aren't 32 of those in the world. Not, not every team, not if you're the, just because you're the number one receiver on the Bills or whatever, that doesn't mean you're a wide receiver, you're a, a true wide receiver one. To me, there's a dozen of them in the world. Julio, A.J. Green, we know the names, Hopkins. Do you, are you with me on that? that yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he's like he's sort of like a, you're looking for a top 15 quarterback, uh, you know, but there's obviously 32 starters, but you're really hoping to have right. a top 15 guy because you think, you know, those are the guys sort of have to have to win a Super Bowl. And, and uh, yeah, he may not be the, the, the high-end number one guy. Uh, you know, he might not be the top five guy in the league, but, you know, he's, he's obviously a, a quality right wide receiver. And so, you know, he's not a game-breaker. This is sort of a... And also sort of a, a change from the, you know, Jerry Jones philosophy of wide receivers. He always has sort of seemed to like the guys who can, you know, really, uh, really get down the field and, and, and have that high end speed. He's sort of been, he's sort of like an Al Davis in that way, likes those types of guys. And Amari Cooper isn't one of those guys. He's a good route runner. He sort of is that guy who does everything right for you. You know, he's a team player. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's where he's supposed to be. Uh, you know, he's, he's fairly consistent in, in what he's doing out there. He's not a, a, a negative voice, uh, you know, in the media and those types of things. But as far as like elite talent, and a guy that really jumps off the screen at you, you know, to me, he's not that guy. And, uh, but yeah, it'll definitely help. Uh, it'll definitely help with, uh, you know, trying to figure out if Dak Prescott is the future of that franchise. I, I think the, the biggest, um, I'll say, I'll say bummer, but the biggest sort of mistake that's going on here with the Cowboys, you know, they have a quarterback who, who is on a really, really cheap contract. Yeah. And this is they, they need to be taking advantage of this. And they're just not. It's, they've got so much dead money from from mistakes in the past. But this is where, hey, we've got even just a, a, a quality quarterback. He may not be in the best in the league, but he's a quality quarterback, I believe. And they're not using that extra 20, 25 million dollars uh, very effectively. You know, uh, uh, you know, at other positions, this is what you know a lot of teams are doing now. You see, with the Rams, they had a young quarterback, even the first pick in the draft, more expensive uh, than Dak Prescott, and they, you know they are signing everybody this offseason, trying to make a run for it. While that quarterback is cheap, the Cowboys are just trying to get you know to be average, basically. Uh, uh, you know, with, with this with this cheap quarterback situation, and obviously they had to give up even more now to go get a wide receiver that they hadn't you know figured that out in the offseason. I'm surprised that they didn't. Uh, you know, try to get uh, Josh Gordon, and maybe they did. But shoot, a fifth round pick for Josh Gordon, what New England got, uh, you know, compared to you know in the same uh, in the same conference as the Cleveland Browns with the New England Patriots. I really can't believe that uh, the Dallas Cowboys, for all the the players they've signed in the past with off the field issues, you know, did not give up a fourth rounder uh, for Josh Gordon uh, instead of now a first rounder for Amari Cooper. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, and. You mentioned the Rams surrounding Goff, and earlier you mentioned the Chiefs surrounding Mahomes. And I've been wanting to ask you this, and it always I always forget that if I had a, 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 a if I could grant you one wish, one more healthy NFL season for you, <laughs> and I could put you in Kansas City's offense or the Rams' offense, who would you pick? Oof, be fun. That would be fun. Um, <laughs> you know, for me, uh, based off of sort of my history and my skill set, I'd actually probably say the Rams. And, and uh, you know, they're both, I think, probably the two most explosive teams in the league. I think the Chiefs, uh, you know, you know, have obviously, I think Kelsey's 
uh, I think one of the best, if not the best tight end in the league right now. Uh, so, you know, so I obviously, you know, they, they've got all these weapons. But for me, I was I was at my best when I was under center, uh, when I was turning my back to the defense, hand the ball off to a guy like Todd Gurley, play action to a guy like Todd Gurley, and then, you know, have all these deep fast receiving threats going on the field. And, and I just felt most comfortable that way. I did not love being a shotgun quarterback. You have to take your eyes off the defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't a big playmaker guy, uh, you know, who, who could just sort of make things happen. Mahomes is, is that type of player. I was the guy who could sort of function well within the system. And I believe that uh, in, in the Rams system, Goff doesn't have to be Superman. He's To me, he's going out there and he's really executing. And he's doing it at a really, really high level. But the execution happens because the scheme and everything they're doing is so sound that he doesn't have to be Superman and, you know, looks like a almost like an MVP candidate. Uh, I don't know if you can just sort of be an executor uh, in that uh, in that Kansas City Chiefs offense. You have to be sort of a guy that can make some plays. And obviously Mahomes uh, is executing at a high level and making a lot of plays. And uh, to me, by the way, if you had a quarterback, you could choose a quarterback for the next 10 to 12 years in the NFL. I think Patrick Mahomes might be that guy. You know, you know, Rodgers is, is probably not going to be playing at a high level in 10 years or eight years or whatever. Uh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes might be the guy for the next 10 years that I'd choose uh, amongst all these young quarterbacks. I think he'd be second on my list behind Wentz. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's. I tell you what, there are some really good young quarterbacks in this league, and, and it's you know it's been a topic conversation for years for the lack of depth at the quarterback position. There's a lot of really young, really good young guys in the first three or four years. No doubt. Uh, I, I think it's one of the reasons that the probably the ratings are up and, and what, what's made the first seven weeks of the season so fun. Yeah. It, you know, it might be third on my list, and people don't consider him amongst the young guys anymore. But Andrew Luck. I mean, Andrew Luck might play 12 more years of Hall of Fame football. He looks great. Yeah, he does really look good this year. And yeah, I will say this. That arm strength, uh, you know, conversation from earlier in the year, that was legitimate. You know, he, yeah. he there is not as much juice on his throws. And, you know, they're sort of getting there. But uh, when you don't have the big arm and he just doesn't anymore, and whether that's going to, you know, will improve over the next few years as he recovers from the shoulder issue uh, or sort of stays the same, you know, the, the, those windows that you can throw into, uh, they have to get bigger and bigger when you don't have the big arm. And so, you know, that makes you check the ball down more and, and you know, not, not take those chances because the safety just close on the ball so much faster. You know, having a big arm makes a big difference, uh, you know, amongst sort of the, uh, you know, a lot of quarterbacks and, and a guy like Luck who always sort of had a, a really strong arm and for him to not have that now, he's going to have to sort of remold himself and, and sort of change the way he plays just a little bit. And, uh, and you're not seeing him make those those crazy throws. Now, he's become a little more of a an execution guy and, and more of a sort of a, a heady quarterback who has to, uh, you know, play the position more with his head and less with just his physical tools. And, and uh, yeah, he's going to be good for a long time. Uh, you know, the, the kid down in, 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 uh, in Houston, mm-hmm. he's a really good young player that everyone loves. You know, there's so there's some, you know, golf is a good player, you know, not super exciting, maybe, but man just a really good thrower quick release you know does a lot of good things russell wilson he'll probably still be pretty dang good uh in 10 years i gotta think he'll he'll play into his late 30s or or whatever so there's a lot of really good young quarterbacks in this league uh it's a good time to be an nfl fan yeah you're absolutely right we're we're gonna take a very quick break and then we're gonna come back and talk about mitch trubisky another one of these young quarterbacks not for not as far along in his development as the guys we just mentioned 
But Sage has some great insight on him. We'll be back in a moment. All right. As I said, we are returning to chat. Mitchell Trubisky. Go. Tell me what you think. I mean, <laughs> this past week was up and down. <laughs> well, I tell you what. Uh, I don't know if I have seen a quarterback with quicker feet than Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, you know, I've watched, I watch film on every single week. I, I'm blown away. Every time he runs, he's got unbelievable you know, quickness. And, and listen, I'm talking about guys like Michael Vick and, right, and right. Uh, some of the great runners in the league. You know, Vick had, uh, you know, he was unbelievably fast, but as far as like crazy quick feet, Trubisky's are unbelievable. And, and uh, he's, he's such a good runner. He does have a strong arm. He made a couple of really you know, bad bonehead decisions in this in this game. You know, it could have almost thrown four interceptions. He threw two, and actually the two interceptions he threw uh, were were much uh, not nearly as bad as the the two you know almost interceptions that he threw. Um, you know, the, 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 my issue with the Bears' offense, and here's my concern about it: they run all this spread stuff, and they're really good at it. And I think Nagy is one of the best innovative minds in the game. You know, his offense is is 180 degrees difference from like a Sean McVay. And, you know, they're both known to be good coordinators in this league. But all of this, uh, you know, uh, you know, run pass option stuff and, and all this sort of spread stuff they do. Uh, my biggest concern is, you know, is Mitchell Trubisky getting, is he building that sort of foundation, you know, that base uh, that you need as a quarterback timing, uh, you know, the timing and accuracy goes hand in hand with wide receiver routes, uh, on just those, sort of those traditional, you know, old school concepts, you know, and, and like I look at Aaron Rodgers, he was, you know, schooled early in his career on these basic, uh, you know, concepts. And then over time that evolved into what he is now. Uh, my, my concern with Trubisky is he's not going to get, he isn't really getting schooled on, you know, you know, precise footwork, precise timing, those base concepts. It's all of this uh, uh, spread stuff. And I said, it's, it's very effective. That does a lot of good things. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, when, when sort of the, the crap's hitting the fan, you, you know, a lot of times you go back to those, those, that base foundation that you set you know, your first year or two in the league, when you're getting all that extra work with your, your quarterback's coach, your coordinator, uh, you know, the wide receivers and you're sort of first starting off. And, and, you know, he, he doesn't do a lot of that. There, he doesn't have great timing, uh, you know, with his feet, he's pitter pattering a lot and he's not really one hitch, two hitch, three hitch, you know, type of guy. And, and, uh, you know, I hope long-term, uh, that doesn't, you know, sort of, uh, uh hurt his, uh, ability to grow as a quarterback and, you know, to, by, by not having that foundation. That's really interesting. And I'm sitting here thinking from kind of a front office perspective, like you think inside that building, they're kind of having that conversation saying, okay, what should we prioritize more? As an overall, you know, you know, way of viewing the season is—is is it more important to win games and to move the ball or to develop Trubisky? Well, right now it's winning football games. Right, it's, right. You, you, you can't train a horse in the middle of the stream, as I like to say. And you know, you're, you're out there in the middle of the stream, and now you try to train that horse, uh, you're going to get washed away in the flood. So, uh, you know, right now it's about winning football games and trying to figure out every way possible. Uh, to get first downs, get touchdowns, and win games. That's all that matters. But as you do that, you can try to, uh, you know, build some uh, uh, concepts within your offense that are those, you know, you know, basic concepts. And they are doing that. You know, they run the old school Hank play where the tight end goes right over the ball at five yards. Then you get two curls on the outside and and flat routes. They they run that probably once or twice a game. They are running some of these base concepts. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I'm just one of those guys that, 
you know, before you progress too far with a young quarterback, you really want to master those those base concepts first uh, before you start getting the advanced algebra of it. And, and I, you do see plays sometimes where, uh, you know, it, it's, it is those basic concepts. And, and yet, you know, you could tell he hasn't quite mastered them that yet. But, you know, there's nothing you can do about that. I think you just keep playing through it. Uh, you keep getting him more reps. And, you know, the thing about Trubisky is he's such a young guy in a sense of he really just played one year in college, uh, his senior year. Uh, and then, you know, he played, played obviously as a rookie last year. Now, you know, cause he's such, he's only had so many, you know, really game reps in his life. Very different than like a Patrick Mahomes who, you know, started basically for, for three or four years in college and get all that experience and all those throws, uh, from, a, from a former NFL quarterback as his head coach at Texas tech. So, you know, Trubisky is so raw and so young, but man, you do see a lot of that talent. They said that the athletic ability, that the footwork, the quickness, uh, the strong arm, uh, you know, the question is, though, this, and I always say this on the show, decision making and accuracy, you know, that's what's most important. And, and you know, decision making, a lot of times that's knowledge and accuracy. That's that's reps and timing. And right now, those are probably his two biggest weaknesses. Yeah, I was about to say that if the, the one trait that if, if you told me 10 years from now, Trubisky didn't work out, I would say because he wasn't accurate enough. Yep. Yep. That, yeah. And that's what you see sometimes, you know, and. And, uh, you know, even on go routes and, and, you know, the worst thing you can do on a go route basically is just to throw the ball out of bounds. Well, he did that a couple of times in this ball game. And that's because he has like the strong arm. And as you're throwing that go route, you don't realize, you know, as you sort of push the ball towards the sidelines, if you overthrow it, you're going to throw it out of bounds. And so there is actually more touch on go routes than 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 you think. And, and uh, you know, it's, as I said, he has such a strong arm that he just sort of like lets it rip sometimes and. And doesn't have that uh, doesn't seem to have that foundation uh, of like a Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers or whatever uh, of just rhythm passing. You know, I'm gonna take my three steps, look off the safety, and give my guy a chance and, and leave it in the field of play. Uh, you know, he you know, said he just sort of whips it out there sometimes and, and, and throws it out of bounds. And, and uh, you know, those are those are poor plays for a quarterback. Yeah, and I've heard some compare Trubisky to Bortles. He's the next Blake Bortles. I don't think that's fair to the youngster at all. Um, but that brings me to the Jacksonville situation. Blake Bortles was was benched in this game. And I haven't said a whole lot great about Blake, to be honest with you. And I've been very critical of the Jags, you know, in the offseason. How could you not get more to, you know, at least challenge him? But I also think the guy is taking probably too much heat, too. I mean, the defense isn't what it used to be. The offensive line is a real problem there, too. They're not running the ball well. They've gone through 800 tight ends. You know, like... But my question to you is if you're the head coach of the Jags, would you rather have the roller coaster that's Bortles? Because he has good games and he has terrible games. Or would you go with a guy like Kessler that is just vanilla, won't turn the ball over, does what he's told, you know, the, the true game manager? Well, that's I tell you, I, I think right now you'd rather have you know, to win a Super Bowl. It, it's hard to have either one of those guys. Right. And this was a major issue that uh, Jacksonville did not solve in the offseason. And, and I always like to say, you know, does your quarterback make your team better? You know, does your quarterback make the offensive guys around him better than they actually are? Uh, until you have that guy, you, you don't have the right guy. And, and I just don't think Borders, you know, Borders or, or Kessler is one of those guys that just makes 
you know, the wide receivers better, makes the offensive line better than they are. Uh, you know, he turns the ball over way too much. He, I think he has the most turnovers in the last, yeah. uh, you know, two years or something like that uh, of any quarterback in the NFL. Uh, and that is the sort of the anti-style that uh, you know Tom Coughlin and Doug Marone are looking for. So it's different if you you know you're Mitchell Trubisky and you turn the ball over too much. But I tell you what, you're making a lot of big plays with your feet and and you got a big arm and occasionally you make something you know g- great happen in the passing game. Bortles isn't even really doing that. You're not seeing the positive, mm-hmm. you know, compared to that offsets his negative at all. So they're going to have to move on from this. And they made a, a major major mistake, uh, you know, in the offseason signing him to that three year extension. Uh, I believe almost two years of it is guaranteed uh, and I think that's going to you know come back to, to really haunt these Jacksonville Jaguars. They they're, they're going to be looking for a new quarterback next year for sure. Yeah, I mean I think they're regretting it as we speak and now they're really stuck. Um we're going to take a quick break again and then I have a fun conversation I want to bring up too. So we'll be right back. All right, Sage. I'm sitting there watching Saints versus Ravens and I'm thinking about you. And I'm sitting there going <laughs> This usage of Lamar Jackson and Taysom Hill, I get it. Like, it makes it hard to prepare for these teams throughout the week. They have unique traits. They gain yardage. But I look at the, the Baltimore, and you see Flacco detach. He just stands there. I mean, he doesn't even flinch. He doesn't do a thing. They play offense with 10 guys. And then you see Breeze, at least Breeze does something, <laughs> you know, like, he, <laughs> he doesn't just stand there like a statue, but I also have a hard time believing that Taysom Hill should get, like, 25 snaps, or that the ball should not be snapped to Drew Brees every time. Yeah, that that's, this one doesn't make a ton of sense to me, because uh, I like having the ball in Drew Brees' hands, <laughs> right. uh, you know, every single play that, that occurs in a football game. Uh, he's still playing at extremely high level. Uh, I do understand this, and this is, you know, I'm an Iowa State guy, and then we had this situation last year. We had a, we had a, a, a quarterback named Joel Lanning who they actually moved to middle linebacker for his senior year. He ended up being a backup. He was a wrestler in high school, super tough kid, ended up being a really, really good linebacker for the Cyclones. Well, but on, on short yardage situations, third and one, fourth and one, he sort of was their short yardage back. They would take their quarterback uh, but a lot of times they would just take their quarterback out of the game completely. See, that makes um, more and, sense to me, especially yeah, Baltimore. Yeah, you take your quarterback out of the game completely. Uh, but, you know, it, it, but the NFL, you know, you get away with that in college. I just don't think you get away with that, you know, long term in the NFL, uh, you know, because you're, you're basically you are playing 10 on 10 at that point. You know, you, you remove the quarterback out as a wide receiver. They put some sort of DB or somebody out there on the quarterback. So, you know, they basically eliminate two guys from from the game. One of them being Drew Brees, who's really I think I think people are talking about as an MVP candidate this year. I think he has something like. Uh, is he a 15, 15 touchdowns, no interceptions or something or, amazing, or yeah. wh- whatever it is. Yeah. He's got, he hasn't thrown a pick yet this year. Uh, so you're taking the base of the ball out of your best player's hand on offense. Um, and, uh, and then eliminate some random defensive player and then playing 10 on 10 the rest of the way. So, you know, I don't love it in, in particular when, if you never throw the ball, uh, in that sort of wild, you know, quarterback wildcat, you know, type of scenario, um, you're really limited on what you can do. But you know, I don't know. It, it, Sean Payton has one of the better offensive minds in the game, and and obviously he's trying to he's deciding to do it for a reason. Uh, and if they're having success, he's going to keep doing it. Yeah, and 
it's interesting because there is a, I mean, both teams are getting yardage from it. It's not like it hasn't been successful, but especially in Baltimore, first of all, I'd rather have Lamar throw the ball than Hill at this point. You know, at least there's somewhat of a threat there. But put an extra lineman in instead of Flacco or uh, anybody. I mean, Joe's not going to catch the ball, probably isn't going to throw the ball unless they pitch it to him somehow, certainly isn't going to run the ball, and he isn't going to block anyone. So why is he on the field? Yeah, it doesn't really make any sense to say you're eliminating a defensive player, but you're also eliminating an offensive player. You know, you could take Flacco out and, and, and put in a, a another wide receiver who at least could be a threat. And listen, Lamar Jackson is not the greatest thrower amongst these rookie quarterbacks. He was the worst one of the first rounders, but he can throw. It wasn't like right. he was a terrible throw in college. I, I watched plenty of his college uh, games and highlights, and, and the guy's got a, a pre- pretty dang good arm. So, you know, I, I'm all about, you know, if you're going to take out your quarterback and, and not use a Drew Brees or a Joe Flacco, take him out, put somebody, you know, put the put the other, the sort of running quarterback in, but, but you also should have, you know, uh, all the threats on the outside, uh, you know, just in case a, a defense overloads or, or, you know, doesn't play it honestly and then plays their safeties up too tight, you know, let, let's take a shot at a post route or something, you know, if the team's got to play nine in the box because all we do is run the football. Yeah, I mean, if I was guarding the Ravens and I saw Flacco detach, I'm not going to put anyone even over him. I mean, I might put a linebacker halfway between the end of the line and Flacco, but I'm not going to waste a defender on him. If they throw him the ball, great. That's what we want. Well, on top of it, um, yeah. the, the, the quarterbacks don't even really block anyway. So if no. somehow a ball sprung their way, you know, you don't want your quarterback out there blocking, you know, separate his shoulder or, or hurt a hand or something like that. So, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of it. Uh, obviously, there's a reason the, these teams are doing it. Um, they're going to keep doing it in, 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 as long as they still have success. Yeah. And lastly, I, I mean, I understand the infatuation with Hill. But again, if he's carrying the ball, wouldn't you rather Kamara or Ingram carry the ball? You know, like... He's second or third best in all phases. I mean, Drew's the better quarterback. Ingram and Kamara are the better runners. There's a million better receivers. So I get that he's a fun player. And again, it's creating yardage, but I'm snapping the ball to Drew Brees every time. Yeah, it seems to me sort of a short-term, a little bit short-term thinking, you know, sort of unsustainable in the long term. And, you know, I remember when the Wildcat was just getting popular uh, and, you know, somebody asked Belichick, a media member asked Belichick, you know, how are you guys going to do a little Wildcat? Seems like a lot of teams around the league are doing it. And he said, why would I want to take the ball out of the best player on my team? You right. know, and, and, you know, the best decision maker, uh, you know, the guy who can truly run the offense, you know, once you go all that wildcat stuff, not much audibling going on, you know, so if a team's playing cover two or cover zero, you're pretty much going to run what the play is called and, and that eliminates a lot of opportunities. I, I'm, I'm just not a big fan. Yeah, I hear you. I think we're the same page on that. Um, let's talk more quarterbacks and around the league next week. I very much appreciate it. Mike Renner will be joining us tomorrow. Mike Sando the day after that. So check out the rest of the Locked On Network. Leave me a review on iTunes. Sage, thanks so much, man. Yep, sounds good.